to the Wilding the Lamb podcast, arise from the dust and become men. That is our charge here at Wilding the Lamb. We are expected to become men of sound understanding, spiritual power, and a true relationship with God and our Savior Jesus Christ. But how do we do that? That's what we're here to work on. I am Jeff Holderness, and this is my co-host, Christian McMullen. And today, we are going to be diving into 2 Nephi, chapters 6 through 11. We hope you are able to listen along, feel the spirit of what we discuss, and learn something from today's episode that you can apply to your life. So the podcast has been, we've been doing the podcast now. We've got, this will be the eighth episode. Oh, snap. Which is two months worth of content which is pretty weird because it feels like we haven't been doing this. But it's pretty cool. Two months of weekly content. Um, I've got a story that I can share, so I don't want you to feel on the spot, but how do you feel like the experience has been for you? And have you noticed any changes in yourself or in what we've been doing since we started? Um. I think probably the biggest thing that I have noticed something one I'm I'm studying it more because I need to be prepared for the episode that you know this one I kind of dropped the ball on because I read last week's stuff thinking it was this week anyways I or no I was thinking I was reading this week's stuff thinking that's what we're going to be talking about for next week but anyways I got my 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 uh lines all crossed but um but no, so I'm I am studying, you know, the the content more, come follow me more, and you know, trying to gain a better understanding, um, for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But but it's just benefiting me just as much. Yeah. Um, you know, working with my kids more with it, and being able to help and teach them, and then like two two weeks ago. Um, or three, no, three weeks ago, since two weeks ago, we had, um, state conference, our board boundaries got all re- rearranged, but so three weeks ago, three Sundays ago, I yeah. should say, <clears throat> so it was about two weeks. Um, my boy Bradley, when he was in class, they were like, his teacher was like, Hey, does anybody know what we're talking about this week? And nobody raised their hand. And then he was like, I know what we're talking about. And he raised his hand and like oh we're talking about whatever whatever it was i don't remember what it, what it was maybe it was the building the boat when Nephi built the boat um no it was the tree of life it was whatever the tree of life one was yeah. and he was like super stoked and super happy that he was able to answer a question in class yeah and so um just that aspect alone that's that's having needing me to study it more for the podcast is also just like trickling into family as well into that that's awesome no that's way cool i've i've felt the same way my kids have been like super interested it's kind of funny when i'm like editing the episodes my middle child she'll like come and just like watch me edit (laughs) and like it's like the most boring thing ever it's like repeating things over and over to make sure the cuts are right and stuff and and she's always really excited when i'm done with the episode and she can watch it and stuff so that's been kind of fun um anyway it it's been kind of cool in that regard but but that's cool 
Okay. Have you noticed anything different, like in church attendance? Have you felt anything different <laughs> in your ward or anything? You haven't. That's no, not really. Um, and that's you know that's that's like personal issue stuff. Like not issues with. Well, I guess it is my issues with church. Yeah. But but uh, I'm I, I'm really weird when it comes to, to church and yeah. going to church actually really hate going to church like a lot and i have my entire life i've never have enjoyed going to church mm -hmm. i do it because i have a testimony of the gospel yeah and that this is a restored church that's that is the only reason i go yeah. and so that's the only thing that pushes me to go that and i want like because of that conviction i have i want my kids to be raised in it mm -hmm. and i want them to try to gain their own love for it and even though like you know i'm sure my negative emotions or whatever towards going to church like impact them yeah i try to not let that happen but it's it's going to be somewhat inevitable i've been trying to change that my whole life and i don't know how i mean it just might be one of those things that it's just my lot that i it's this one of those things that god wants to test me my entire life on it to see if i'll just continue to push forward going to church i have no idea so could be could not be um so that's church yeah i mean even when i was on my mission church was super super hard for me to go to i can understand that and i i've had times in my life when i felt the same when like it's just tough every every week's a struggle and like young kids holy cow it's so hard to growl everyone up and get them to go so i totally get that and understand that well thank you thank you for sharing i've been um I don't know. It's been interesting since since we started. I'm much more open with people about myself. Like I'm I'm typically a pretty guarded person. Like I don't get out of my comfort zone and go out of my way to like talk to people or conversate. But since I've been having conversations with you, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's been interesting. The last like two weeks, I've had really interesting conversations with like coworkers regarding the church and kind of what we're doing. Um, and like been able to have pretty cool, like spiritual conversations with people, which I would never have had two months ago. So that was super interesting to kind of see how much study and discussion and stuff has has changed me and allowed me to open up with others in a way that i haven't probably since my mission which has been that's kind cool. of interesting that's cool um yeah, i don't know i mean it's so it's like i said i'm, I'm a weird person when it comes to like the church and stuff because i can talk about church and and my faith my religion to anybody anytime like and get in huge discussions about stuff and that's never been a problem and i love doing it yeah but then i want to go to church and i'm like i don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> Dude, that's one of the conversations that i had this week with one of my coworkers was because it was like and it was kind of funny because there's there's a couple of us in there and, and we were just discussing in general church and stuff like that but it was funny to have those same conversations with people and just be like anyway m more people than we think are are wanting a change but they don't know how to make those changes like yeah. like locally within their wards and stuff like how do you do this um and i've i've kind of 
like I, I feel like by preparing and by reading and studying, at least for me, it's made Sundays just like a little bit easier because I'm not like I'm kind of in the know on what we're going to be talking about and because I'm focusing on it a lot more throughout the week, it's easier to like chime in or hear what other people say and like not just think it's garbage. I mean, that's, and that's, and I haven't had that experience yet. So maybe it'll be different once I have that experience because like since we've started, there's been something every week so far where I haven't been in, in a class that has talked about, talked about about, follow me. Because, like, my niece came home from her mission. We had the state conference thing. Then one week it was Elders Quorum. We don't talk about Come Follow Me and Elders Quorum. And then, so it's like every week has been something different. And even next week, no, is it next week? No, no, no. I think that's in March, actually. So never mind. In March, we have another state conference. But so I haven't had that experience yet where I've like gone to. To class and been like, oh, I know what we're talking about this week. So I've read it 15 times because I had to. Yeah. Like I haven't had that yet. So so maybe you know when I get there. Try it out and see. Try it out and see. Yep. No, that's cool. Um. Well, cool. Well, thanks for reminiscing with me a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about the podcast. And I think it's cool. Well, I think and I think this is an important thing to do because, you know. Some I said before we even started, I said I didn't want this to turn into just like a study session, right? Mm -hmm. And talking about like just just being real and authentic about our feelings and stuff for the church, and not and not just the to feel good, everything is awesome and amazing, all is good in Zion, like kind of mentality and talk. Like like I understand. If everything's good with you, like that's awesome. Yeah. But ninety nine point nine nine percent of the world has something going on with them, mm-hmm. and that other point one is just lying. <laughs> Everyone has something going on with them, and they want to be able to relate with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I just I want to be real when I talk about this kind of stuff, and not put on a facade that I'm this like perfect LDS person. Yeah. No, and I that's. 100% why I wanted to start the podcast in the first place, just because I do feel like so many of us, whether it's like, whether it's real or whether it's in our own head, like so many of us struggle with just that. Like mm-hmm. you think, you think on Sundays you need to be this perfect, happy person with your perfect, happy family and you all go to church and you know that everyone's imperfect, but everyone just puts on that like facade of, hey, yeah, everything's great, all's well in Zion, let's learn about Christ. Um, And so, yeah, it's been interesting. This last week um, in our ward, actually, in in Elders Corp, it was kind of funny. One of the, like, the the person teaching was like, hey, I'm used to teaching youth, so I apologize. And this was, like, his first time teaching, I think, in, in our ward. And he was like, so I apologize, but I always like to start and just like ask everyone how their week's going. And so he's like, so I just wanted to ask you guys, like, how's everyone's week doing? How's, what have we been up to? And like the first couple answers were like, hey, this thing is happening. Hey, I went to, there was a chosen thing last week that they did here mm-hmm. in the area. And like one of the dudes was like, yeah, I went to that. Um, so like most of the stuff was kind of that way. But then like one person chimed up and was like, hey, I just found out that my, 
like dad has stage four cancer and like went off on some things. And so it it was cool because we talked about vulnerability a couple yeah. of weeks ago. It was kind of cool to like see that in action a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of disarmed a lot of people in the class. And then like, rather than talking about what we were talking about, we kind of like everyone kind of was able to bring comments and stuff around to like help. And that um, class was probably one of the best classes you've been totally. into in a long time. Totally. Dude, I, and it's so crazy. It's like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to be like negative and feel bad or whatever. And like try to bring this negative energy to church. Yeah. But we we're going to church not only to learn of Christ, but to also connect with one another and have this community. Mm-hmm. But if we're never willing to open up to one another, you don't get that. But when you do like that person did, yeah. it like it's just it's it's so cool to see that kind of stuff actually happen. Yeah. And it's just like this is what you need in church every freaking week. Yeah. No, it it was pretty cool. And it was funny too, because he was even like he was like, I hesitate to share, but I'm going to. And then he said it. And then, like, we all talked about it for a little bit. And then, like, he chimed up again a little bit later and was like, he was like, hey, I just want you to know that, like, there are things that all of you have said that have, like, helped me in this situation, like, as I've been sitting here. And so it was pretty cool to, like, see that. Like, we talked about it. We were like, dude, it would be such a powerful elder score if, like, people were just vulnerable with each other. And then like it happened and I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. So it was cool to to witness that, see that happen and and then be forward on it. So anyway, it, it it's been cool. Um but this week, um going through the chapters and stuff, we're in second Nephi chapters six through ten. And um it's when Jacob is first called to start preaching to the people of Nephi. Um He's set apart as a priest, him and Joseph, his younger brother, and they start preaching to all the people. Um, and honestly, the first like two or four chapters are all Isaiah chapters, which are sweet and great, but they're heavy. <laughs> and and um, anyway, but but the last couple of chapters, um, reading them, I, I enjoyed them a lot. They were talking about the Savior about his atonement and and about how we can use his atonement to be redeemed and so i i thought that this would be a good opportunity to kind of discuss some of those topics as far as the atonement goes and as far as repentance goes sweet i'm excited yeah let's do it yeah (laughs) me too um so I'm curious how your experience has been in the church being taught about the atonement and repentance. Oh, <clears throat> um, it's, <laughs> it's a heavy question. Um, so being taught about the atonement, you know, through church and stuff like that, I I feel like a lot the way that I was taught mostly about the atonement was, was how do you, how do I even phrase this? Um, good intentions were there, 
to teach about the atonement. But there were bits and pieces of the atonement that I feel like one weren't emphasized or two just plain just weren't taught. Um, like the concept of grace, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't feel like the members in the church teach very much about that. Brad Wilcox has some awesome talks. I think it's Brad Wilcox is his name. Awesome talks about um about grace yeah. and how it works. And you know, one of the things he says about grace is grace isn't a light at the end of the tunnel. Grace is a light that gets you through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And you know that that alone has such a huge like shifting in, shifting mindset on on the atonement and how it works because it's not the atonement will work after everything that we can do the atonement's going to work to be able to all like every like get us through everything from start to finish and it's not we try our best try our best try our best and then the atonement is applied and it's not how it works it's we're trying our we're trying our best. And even if you're not trying your best, I think sometimes even when we're not trying our best, if we're still trying, you know, the atonement is still being applied in our life if we're if we are allowing it to be applied into our life. Mm-hmm. Well, because Christ has already gone through all that that suffering and and took upon himself the punishment for sin, right? Yeah. And so because of that, as long as we're continually trying to turn back and to follow him. The atonement is playing a role in our life and it the atonement should never be taught that implies shame mm-hmm. on people and i feel sometimes it, it it is taught that way yeah um and a lot of that could be you know i if i'm going through my own personal struggles or whatever and someone's teaching against what I'm doing, like like the scriptures say, the the wicked take the truth to be hard or whatever yeah. it says. Yeah. Like, sure, that that could be part of it, but I also feel like the way that that it's taught often is is kind of shameful, mm-hmm. um, and because it's like. Like when you go and be like, because of you, Christ suffered. And it's like saying that those kind of things, it's it's like Christ would have done it for me whether I was perfect or not. Yeah. And so he suffered for that for me because he loves me and he loves you. He loves everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so the I think I said this once before on a podcast or in the podcast, but uh, my my mom was talking to me about the atonement. And she's like, I was reading about the atonement. I just feel like the atonement slapped me across the face. I was like, Mom, the atonement doesn't slap you across the face. The atonement caresses your face yeah. and is soft and is gentle and is loving and is inviting. It's not something to be afraid of. And I feel like when people talk about the repentance process, it feels like it's something to be afraid of yeah and not something to embrace i felt that a lot especially growing up like as a as a youth 
And it was probably that, like, probably I just didn't fully understand, um, like, repentance. I was always, like, terrified of confession Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where, like, I would just pretend that I didn't sin (laughs) to, like, avoid not having to do things, Um, which is totally the wrong like it's totally the wrong thing to get out of repentance and the atonement in my eyes now as an adult. Um, and, and just like you said, you know, repentance is a, is a desire for change and a desire for action in that change. Um, and I think that as as a youth, it's very hard to understand that. You feel so much shame mm-hmm. because none of us are perfect that it becomes very difficult to admit that you're you're doing wrong things mm-hmm. and it, it just like screws up with the whole process that we that we have, the whole repentance process. I loved a couple of weeks ago when you said um when we were talking about vulnerability mm-hmm. and that vulnerability um, obliterates Satan's power over you and over whatever you're going through. Um, and I totally wish that like young 12 year old me would understand that or like young 15 year old me would understand that. Cause it's, it's truly terrifying when you're that old and you're like asked to go talk to the bishop about something or like <laughs> you've got things that you need to like confess. Cause it's just like, you you just feel so worthless and alone in whatever you're doing. When in actuality, it's like everyone is doing. <laughs> you're you're not alone. Everyone's just keeping secrets. So I always thought that that was uh, just a, a really important thing that leaders and new leaders need to try to get right, especially when you're teaching youth. Because I think as an adult, you kind of understand and you're more okay with being wrong or sinning or whatever it is. And, and you can kind of get over that and do what you need to. But as a youth, it's like, Oh my gosh, like my life's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything's super dramatic. Um, so anyway, um, and I think too, like something that I struggled with growing up, another couple things that I really wish I knew. Um, one, like sin, sin growing up to me was so like disgusting like i don't know why i always like whenever i think of sin it's like you think of pornography or like uh sex before marriage or like these different topics that are like sins Mm -hmm. um and like to me it just was so gross so anytime anyone was like yeah we all sin or whatever i was like Okay, so I'm like, just like, well, either no, I don't, or like, okay, obviously I'm a disgusting person. You know what I mean? There's kind of this negative connotivity to it, but um, <laughs> over over time, I've learned that I can't remember what the word is, but like sin in Greek and Hebrew just means missing the mark, and so. Um, it's like it's not so much it's not so much like what we are sinning in but it's 
just the fact that we're not perfect, that we're not the savior. Mm-hmm. And so um, to me, as I've grown up and kind of learned that, it's been easier for me to understand and and realize that like everyone misses the mark. And whether or not you're having sex before marriage or looking at pornography or, or whatever it is, even, even like simple things or like less sins like lying or um, not giving a homeless person some cash that you have, like you're still missing the mark. <laughs> like, and there's no, there's no like gradient of sin, like which one's worse or which one's bad. It's all just sin. Yeah. Um, so those, that, that was something that, that I, Took a long time to grow and develop and to be comfortable with with that word and that term sin um and then the other thing too i think we talk a lot in the church at least growing up about like being perfect or becoming perfect mm-hmm. and focusing on like instead of becoming like the savior it's like being perfect like the savior mm-hmm. um and this was one of my one of my old um, construction managers taught me this, but um, perfect means whole right. rather than like perfection, right. like always doing it right. And so, and he, he described it. So I, I built houses and buildings and stuff for my occupation. Um, and so he was talking about like a, like a home foundation. So like to build a home, you've got to have a good, strong foundation the foundation you can build and you can quality test it you can make sure every corner is perfect has right angles and stuff to for for the house to sit on and that foundation can be whole as a foundation but it's not a whole house mm-hmm. and so he like applied that to our life that like we can be whole no matter where we are in our life mm-hmm we can still be making mistakes and not be perfect, but we can be whole mm-hmm. and we might not be a whole savior or a whole whatever, but we can be perfect or whole wherever we are. And so that to me added just, just another layer of reassurance that like they're not asking us to ever become perfect right. in this life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where the scripture is, but you know, we're we're commanded to be perfect. Yeah. Be be therefore perfect, even as your father who art in heaven is perfect. I think mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Yeah. And you know, I that's without real knowledge, that could be a super heavy like scripture. Yeah. It's like be perfect. It's like I've, I've already been told that. I can't be. Yeah. Like I'm I'm human and I can't be. So God is giving me a commandment that I just I can't do. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense, right? <clears throat> but just I mean you hit a nail on the head. Um it's we're perf we become perfect through the atonement. Mm-hmm. We can't be perfect by ourselves. Yeah. But we can be perfect, quote unquote perfect, or whole through the atonement of Christ. And so as long as we're trying to apply that all the time into our life, we're being perfect Perfect. in in that regard. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And as I've, as I've grown older, I'm more comfortable, like relying on the savior and putting that faith in him Mm -hmm. to make that up. But 
as a as a young person it's it's hard to have that faith that it and and to kind of make those connections and make that work um so i, I do think that that's super super important why do you think that's so like like the atonement is a huge part of the gospel of jesus christ i mean it's central to getting us to live back with heavenly father again um and it's central to every single one of us keeping our first state our bodies and and after this life being being resurrected and getting to live again um so to you why is that so critical to like your faith and your development as you've grown and come to better understand the gospel why is the atonement why is the atonement critical in in my own faith is that yeah because it's literally impossible to do it without it yeah i mean it's kind of it's kind of like a it's pretty much a black and white answer yeah. um because we cannot return to live with god again without it mm -hmm. we all fall short of the glory of god and the only way to reach that objective mm -hmm. is only through christ and his atonement yeah. period there's no if ands or buts about it like there's no back door there's no cheat codes there's no game genie for those who are a little older <laughs> um there's there's no way to get around it yeah you have to there's there's two ways to return to the special kingdom one be perfect which only christ was or two use the atonement to make you perfect <laughs> like that is it and so, so it's, if it's not something that is on the forefront of your mind as, as just a Christian period, then you might need to want to figure that part out. <laughs> figure, figure that out because it is, it's impossible without it. Yeah. Do you, um, I guess one, one thing that I find interesting about, about it is like, you don't come to understand it fully i don't think until you have to use it do you know what i mean yeah like so so you can't like let's say you you did live live your life nearly perfect and you you never had to repent and feel and understand like the the joy and the release that comes after repentance um, to fully understand the atonement and what it means personally to you as a person. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. That thought process. Um, and so to me, growing up and stuff, I was so afraid to repent that I didn't understand the atonement until quite a bit later in my life because yeah. it was like, I, it was just easy just to pretend that I was perfect or didn't struggle with things that other people struggled with. And so um, I, I like the the focus on that it's, it's a joyful, happy thing. And it's it's really how you come to know the Savior more mm -hmm. by, by utilizing it and then applying it to your life and applying it to the things that you do daily and yeah. learning to um utilize it daily 
and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think we're supposed to utilize it daily. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the teachings of the prophets, even modern day prophets yeah. and the apostles, they've taught use the atonement daily. Mm-hmm. It's not a you don't want to, and and that's that's another thing that I that I've ran into before is like people feel like if they're you if they have to use the atonement, they're making Christ suffer. Yeah, and so they're like, I don't want to use the atonement because I don't want to make Christ suffer, and it's like it's not how it works. <laughs> like that's already done. <laughs> like he's he's already like, done that. He's already you... done it for you, and yeah. and you're imperfect anyways. You're gonna make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Every little, every every day, whether it's small, big, whatever, yeah. Um, and we're supposed to be utilizing the atonement every day. And even if you didn't sin one day or whatever, mm-hmm. we all go through different trials in life that the atonement still covers to help us to be able to get through it mm-hmm. and to be able to overcome those trials. So, because he suffered not only the punishment for our sins, but he every everything that you've gone through in this life yeah your hurts your your pains your struggles your mental health any of that kind all of stuff it. yeah all of it yeah i i love that a lot um and i i remember the first time like knowing and understanding that it it, it was a big deal like we should be utilizing the atonement as our front runner of getting through our day yeah yeah no that's cool um one thing in in my conversation with my colleagues this last week a couple of them are lds and we were talking about elders form mm-hmm. and it was kind of funny because um i was talking to him and was like yeah like if, if more people are vulnerable the spirit's there and like you'll actually help each other. And anyway, I was talking about the, the benefits of being vulnerable. Um, and it was kind of funny because he was uh, like a little, a little taken aback because he was like, well, isn't that like sin confession then? Aren't you like confessing your sins? Like if you were to say like, hey, this week I went out with some friends and drank some alcohol, like how can I not do this again? Because I don't have any experiences or whatever. Um, Freaking do it! <laughs> like it's not it's not about confessing your sins and that's like that mindset alone is is what has to get out of people's head well, yeah. sure you're not you're not wanting to go in and like just dump your sins on everybody yeah. like that's not the point mm-hmm. but but for reals man yeah. like i guarantee you if you were to go into elders quorum and be like it's like hey you're all my brothers in here i'm i i do i do struggle with drinking alcohol with with the word of wisdom yeah it's like if any of you have any like tips tricks whatever to you know to help fight this like please come and talk to me upstream me a text like it would be cool guarantee you there would be several people in that elders quorum who would come and talk to him yeah and i i bet i bet there'd be one or two that's like dude i struggled with this my whole life yeah i struggle with it actually it's like i I still drink every now and then. I know I shouldn't, but I but I do. And it's like, but it's like, and it and it understanding coming to understand that other people that are around you are not perfect yeah. and that they mess up too. It it breaks down this this wall where you can actually 
like connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not it's not you're not going like to confess to like do this and do that or whatever, but but and you know, you're not wanting to brag about your sins. Like mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do. But man, if you're struggling with something yeah. and you're in your elders forum, somebody probably has gone through it or something similar or know somebody who has gone through it. Yeah. And and can and can provide and like, hey, genuine. I help. haven't gone through this, but my brother has. Mm-hmm. And he said a lot of this stuff that is, has helped him. If you want, I can hook you up with him. Yeah. And be like, like that's the kind of stuff that I would oh my gosh, man. I've been in <laughs> meetings outside the church uh, uh, that are uh, that are like this and the power that comes from those groups is freaking phenomenal dude like it's mind-blowing well and and it it would change (laughs) no it's good i love it i'm glad i'm I'm glad i said it because i wasn't but um no it it's kind of interesting so the people that we were talking to was kind of a, a diverse crowd um lifelong dude he's probably in his 40s 50s he he was the one that was like well isn't that confessing your sin there was a another guy who's who's less active um and he's younger than me he's probably in his 20s and it was funny because i was like i don't i don't think it's confessing your sins i think it's i think it's unifying and becoming one kind of thing and and I've, I've got a pretty good relationship with this young man that's less active. And I was like, all right, I've got a question for you. Like, if you had an elder form that did things like this, is it possible that you would still attend church? And he was like, he was like, it couldn't hurt. Like, it would, it would be helpful. And I said, I said, do you think it would give you a more positive reason to go to church? Like, if you could go and find that kind of help there and he was like yeah 100 percent." everyone knows they're not perfect yeah but everyone goes to church and goes to elders quorum not talking about struggles that they potentially have yeah and and so everyone just well i have to act like i'm perfect when i'm here mm-hmm. like that's that's what happens yeah and so if people were were to actually let themselves open up a little bit and be authentic and be like, and not be like, yeah, I went out on Friday and drank. Like, that's not, I wouldn't say do that, but it would be like, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled on and off with the word of wisdom. I'm drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I'm strong against it. Other times I'm not. I mean, I try to use the atonement in my life to try to help combat it. But, you know, if anybody has any experience with fighting, drinking alcohol like hit me up yeah yeah and that's that's the difference there it's like yeah you don't want to go like i went and did this on saturday night and i did this like that's not that's not that's that's confession yeah it's not a weekly catholic confessional. it's like because you're not going to go even if you drank that next week yeah like you're not going to go back to elders quorum and report well i drank again this week (laughs) like that's not what you're doing yeah it's like once you get it out there and it's there, mm-hmm. it's like now people know you can now interact with people who people will be able to interact with you more on an intimate level to be able to try to actually help you overcome your struggle. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's sin or not. Yeah. Like yeah. that dude you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. 
that he became vulnerable because he had just found out that his dad had stage four cancer. Yeah. And then a bunch of people started saying awesome things and then they became an awesome meeting yeah. because one person decided to be a little vulnerable about how their life was going and that it wasn't all sunshines and rainbow. And it it actually benefited the meeting instead of hurting it. Well, and I think I think it's something that like the women do well. Like I feel like in a release society, they're always like having these type of experiences where like some person brings something up, it's personal, everyone cries, and they have like an extra ten minute release society thing at the end. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I feel like release society is always, and I'm sure it's not always that way. I'm sure that's just me from the outside, but but it really it to quote that scripture um that lehi was saying to his sons like it makes you want to arise and go forth and and do good things um like as a man because it's like he's vulnerable he's now created a unity within that elders quorum that wasn't there before it's like a chain that can link even a couple members if they can link them to him then it then it becomes that much stronger and and so over time over a couple of weeks if you continue to have those vulnerable moments like you could get every member of the elders quorum linked in some way to one another and it would be be powerful and you could you could have actual ministering people because they actually care about that brother and want to help him succeed yeah. versus like, Oh, they're doing fine. I think everyone assumes everyone else is doing fine. Cause that's all we show people on Sunday. That's, and I, I think especially men, we do that a lot because we, we don't want to appear weak. We don't want to appear like we're wrong or, or having troubles. Um, but yeah, I feel like, it's definitely something that's missing and like I don't know about you but I've got tons of friends who grew up in the church and they end up like they get married they go on missions um and then they end up falling away because they don't get anything out of church mm-hmm. like they go to church everyone's fake and so it's like it's something that they do on Sundays and like they might have a testimony of the savior but going to church doesn't improve that unless you're experiencing these type of vulnerable moments where you can feel the spirit and you can find connections and opportunities to serve and help others. There's no time that I feel the power and influence of the spirit more than when I'm in a meeting where somebody is being vulnerable and we're talking about the atonement with with that yeah. with that with that thing that that person's talking about or struggling with mm-hmm. i mean it 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 brings a different level of power to meetings i would agree a hundred percent and i feel like feel like the times when i felt the spirit most has been those same instances it's like it's when you're being vulnerable with your spouse it's when you're being vulnerable with your family or the people that you love and care about um, uh, at church, at home, at work, wherever you are, like that vulnerability really does bring the spirit and it brings an opportunity to, to serve and be Christ-like to that person yeah. and, and listen or 
help them through something or say something random. <laughs> I remember one time um, I was like, I was probably like 14. Um, I was at my house. I think it was like a Sunday, but I think my parents were at like a steak conference or something. And I was the only one at the house. The phone rings. I, I pick it up and it's my sister and she's like bawling and she's like is mom or dad there and I was like no and she um, she was married at the time but um, and her and her husband had just like lost a baby mm-hmm. uh, and like I was 14 <laughs> I didn't know like what to say like literally she had just lost them. I was like calling to tell my parents that they lost the baby and they weren't there and so she like told me and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information. And I can't remember what I said, uh, but it was like super brief. And like, I remember like hanging up the phone and being like, like feeling bad that I didn't like say more or like try to help her more. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, I was 14, so I just, like, forgot about it. And, like, two or three years later, she was talking to me about it, and she was, like, she was, like, you helped me so much that day, and she she told me a reason why, and I was just, like, I had no idea. But, like, for whatever reason in that experience, I provided something to her in that moment, whatever it was, because she was vulnerable. Like, she could have just not said anything and waited to talk to my parents, um, but she didn't, and she allowed me to, even unbeknownst to me, like, play the role of a savior mm-hmm. and help her through that experience. And, like, yeah, she, she told me that it was, like, exactly what she needed to hear at the time, and, again, I have no idea what I said. <laughs> and, like, I remember at the time, I had no idea either. So, like, I mean, a- amazing things can happen, and... And I, like, man, it, it blew my mind two weeks ago when you said that. Because I was like, dude, it it tied, it, it added another piece to my puzzle that that I definitely needed. So I appreciate that a whole lot. And I, I think our listeners and stuff have, have felt that too as they've listened through these these last couple episodes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how people react to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know there's going to be people who don't like the way that I say things, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be the, the, especially on social media, we're going to have the people who will come on and talk about how our church is a cult and this and that and and, and try to prove how we're the wrong religion or anyways, all that kind of stuff. Like, it's going to be yeah. a, a range of things and I'm kind of interested to see just how that's gonna how it's gonna play out, play out over time. Yeah. no I'm I'm curious too um there are a couple podcasts that I listen to and they're they're um not of our faith and stuff and it's always funny because just because they do they always talk about Mormons like we're this cold <laughs> and, and it just makes me laugh um and I always just want to like email them and be like hey let me on your show because we're not a cult and i guarantee that you and i are a lot closer in our beliefs and stuff than you think um but yeah i I think it will be interesting the other thing too i don't like 
I've looked and I haven't been able to find anything that's quite like what we're doing either. Um, for like specifically for LDS members. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see kind of how it plays out. Cool. As we continue forward.